It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.07 at News Talk WSB, 77 degrees outside. <laughs> the heat dome. <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk too terribly much today about the heat. It just is. We are in a hot time of the year. It's hot, and we're going to have to deal with it because we're Georgians and Georgia gardeners, and we know not to get outside in the heat of the day. But try to do as much as you can outdoors, at least before noon. And if you have a question about what you could or should or might or ought to do in your garden, in your landscape, with your trees, with your shrubs, with your flowers or your houseplants, or anything in the natural world, then you can give me a call at 404 872 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. And I'll tell you what the... Sort of the high point of this past week has been for me was getting an impassioned, I mean impassioned letter from a, I think she's a lister and a reader because the letter came to the Journal-Constitution where I really rarely get mail that comes to the AJC. Most often I get emails that come through my website. And this woman was passionate about Leland Cypresses. And she had a reason to, because she had, I think she said, 40 Leland cypresses that were surrounding the backside of her property. And she lives up in Cumming or a little bit north of there, maybe. And it sounded like she had a reasonably large piece of property, two or three acres, perhaps. And she wanted some screening, and so she had these 40 Leland cypresses around her property. And she said, Mr. Reeves, all of my Leland cypresses are in the process of dying, and I look around at other people around here, and their Leland cypresses are dying too. And it's just a tragedy. And I called the tree service to come and look after my Leland's and tell me what to do. And they said they should be taken down. It would cost $250 per tree to take them down. And I've got 40 and I can't afford that. What are we going to do? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. You've, you've heard me say this before. I'm sure you've heard me say this before. Leland cypress has a limited lifespan in Georgia. And that's hard to believe because you see so many Leland Cypress that are 40, 50, 60 feet high. You think, man, those guys have been there a while. They're going to be here for another century, maybe. But that is not true. Leland Cypress, given the right planting conditions early on, can last eh, 40 years, maybe. 50, maybe. That's pretty, pretty good for them. But if they don't have the right planting conditions initially, then I think a Leland Cypress's lifespan in Georgia would be in the 15 to 20 year range, which is about what this woman up north of Cumming had with her Leland. She had planted them, it sounded to me like around 20 years ago when she bought the property, planted these little bitty, I'm sure they were little bitty, cute little Leland Cypresses in the one gallon pot. And uh, she got a deal on them and she knew they'd grow and would be a nice screen. And so she bought them. But it is very difficult to plant Leland's correctly because it's so easy to plant them incorrectly because they don't, for the first couple of years, I mean, you dig a hole twice the size of the root ball, like it says on the container. You know, you have the little label and it always says dig a hole twice the size of the root ball, put it in, and backfill the soil around it. And that is 
patently the wrong way to plant Leland cypress. The way to plant Leland cypress is to ensure from the beginning that they have a very, very wide root area in which to grow. It is, it's not that hard, easy. I mean, it's the same with any tree. You loosen an area. Just take your shovel and stick it in the ground and flip the ground over, stick it in again and flip it over. You do that about 100 times until you get an area about six feet, six feet in diameter. Yeah, six feet in diameter. Just loosen the ground. You don't have to dig a hole. Just loosen all the soil in six feet around it, and then dig the hole, yeah, in the middle, twice the size of the root ball. Put your little, cute little one-gallon leaf cypress in the middle there, and backfill, and uh, water appropriately for the first couple of months, maybe. And uh, the Leland planted correctly, the roots go quickly, right out through that six-foot diameter area, and then a little bit further than that, and a little bit further than that over the years. During the first, I mean, you've planted them, you know this. You've planted Leland Cypress, and you plant them in the first year, they're a little bitty, and the next year, they get about three feet tall, and the next year, they're about six feet tall, and the next year, they're about eight feet tall, and you think, man, these are great. I got screening already. This is awesome. And then by about 10 or 12 years old, they start if you don't plant them to don't plant them the correct distance apart from each other, they start the limbs start mingling in with each other, and then about twelve to fifteen years old, the limbs that are mingling in with each other shade each other out, so they start getting brown. They get these brown uh, areas in between. So, I've written on this thing exhaustively, really. Two places on my website. One is about the lifespan of Leland Cypress. The other one is how to plant them correctly. And the goal of the whole planting correctly process is simply to have a wide root system. And the reason for that is pretty simple. Leland Cypresses were not developed to grow in Georgia. Give me a guess. Give me a guess. Where do you think Leland Cypresses originated? It wasn't South America. It wasn't North America. It wasn't France. No, it was Wales. Wales of all places. And Wales is not known for its heat or its humidity or anything like we have here in Atlanta. And it turns out that Leland's work very well. They work very nicely in, in Georgia, but they only tolerate our heat and humidity for 20 to perhaps 50 years planted correctly. So if you have a question about your Leland Cypress and why the big root system is so important for their life, again, my phone number, 404 872 50. Let's go to the phones with the first caller, as she is most Saturday mornings, is our friend Nicole from Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole. Mr. E. Mr. Cole. Hey, good morning. Uh, the, the moss on the Leland Cypress smell great. The moss on the Leland Cypress? No, the uh, mulch. Oh, the mulch on the Leland Cypress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to a wood yard, and that's all I had that day. <laughs> oh, boy, it smelled good. It's still smelling this time. <laughs> I mean, the, the trunk yeah. can get huge. Well, it's a conifer, and so conifers have a lot of sap in them, and the sap smells pretty good. Yeah, I can guess so. All right, that's yeah. a good use of Leland Cypress. <laughs> What's it's, on your counter, Mr. Reese? On my counter right now or at home? Out of home, out of home. I, w I will be proud to say, I will be proud, proud to say to you, Nicole, that my counter at home is clean. And you want to know why? 
You want to know why? Yes. Because I spent half of yesterday cleaning it off. Because <laughs> I have oh, a lady why. bless her. I have a lady bless her heart who comes in one time a month because I'm just not disciplined enough to keep my whole house clean. And Anna comes in once a month and sweeps and vacuums and cleans the kitchen counter and cleans my bathroom and does all the things that I'm just too lazy and too much of a guy to do. But before Anna comes, you have to clean the house yourself to get everything off the counter so she can, you know, see what's there. And I put my, you know, my dishes and food and stuff up. So why do you ask what's on my counter, Nicole? Well, most people this time they eat it's full of tomato, cucumber, blueberry, and more and more and yeah. more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the where did you put your food? I put my food in the pantry, okay. but I don't get any tomatoes because the chipmunks chewed off my oh, tomato vines no. all around six inches off the ground, and I don't have any tomatoes. I don't have any tomatoes. None. Period. Zero. Uh, what is on your counter? Full of tomatoes. I'm oh, in the plate. shut. Oh, you are so bad. No, no. I didn't grow them because I thought there was such a loss because this... I, I plant stuff, but it didn't come, it yeah. didn't come up. So, yeah. I said, so I go to farm, farm, to farm, and I see the biggest tomatoes. And once you eat one, it, it's just juice big time. It's sure. like water inside. Juicy, juicy, juicy. Did you ever see an eight-pound tomato? I don't think there's such a thing as an eight-pound tomato. Yes, sir. No, there is not. The largest tomato. I used to know the statistic of how, how large the biggest tomato in the world for the Guinness record was. It wasn't eight pounds. Come now. Yes, it was on the newspaper. Uh, you see this little newspaper that we received from yeah. the uh, Georgia Commission? Yeah, yeah. It was on the uh, record, eight pounds something, if she had in her hand. If it's in the newspaper in the Georgia Agriculture Commission, then it's got to be true. got to be true. Absolutely. Yeah. I swear that people can grow some stuff. We are so lucky, Mr. Reeves, to be able to grow our own food, and especially here in the South. I feel so badly for people in say Canada, who can't grow, <laughs> who can't grow things as well and don't have as long of a growing season as we have in the South. Now, okay, a long growing season also comes alongside heat and, you know, still sort of sticky in the first week in October, but we do have a long growing season. Yes, and we have to, before we eat, we have to cross ourselves and say thank you. Thank you. I think that is exactly right. Whether we eat food that's been grown in our own garden or food that's been grown by somebody else, either a commercial farmer or hopefully a local farmer who has uh, sold produce at the local farmer's markets right now. I mean, the farmer's markets are just awesome. Farmer's markets in, in this time of year are like Walmart on Black Friday after yeah. Thanksgiving because Bargain. the farmer's markets are bursting yeah. with tomatoes and okra and squash and everything you can have. Pretty uh, Blueberries. Blueberries are awesome right now. Yes, and because for those farmers, it's do or die. Yeah. You know, so don't buy stuff from the cardboard place and food store. Mm -hmm. They don't taste the same, and boy. I won't say it was do or die when I was a child, but it would certainly been do or be hungry when I was a child. But we had this enormous, enormous garden. And so this would be the time of year, of course, when we would start canning and we had the tomatoes and the squash and the beans and everything you have to prepare for, for canning in the jars. And uh, so we certainly would not have died, but we had plenty of vegetables that were canned in the summertime from our big garden that we would have inside the house in the big pantry. 
So, yeah, not do or die exactly. Farmers, you're right, though, Nicole. And farmers, if they don't have a good crop, if they can't market it, if they can't find willing consumers like you and me, then farmers have a bad deal. Yes, they have to work hard, so that's why. You know, I'm I'm hoping with a baby a boom generation like ours, we got more time that all this stuff's going to come back. I do, too. I hope it will. I hope we become great gardeners and pass it on to our millennial children, hopefully. Nicole, i got to go. I look at the clock, and Scott's saying, you need to get out of here. So I'll see you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day, too. We'll see you then. 404-872-0750 at 618. <laughs> This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know, here's a question. Is it live or... Or is it Memorex? Because it is sounding like the same thing every weekend when I come in here. More heat today, afternoon highs in the mid-90s. Yes, indeedy, with partly cloudy skies. Just a little chance of rain. Overnight conditions about the same down into the low 70s overnight. Right now it's 67 degrees outside. It's not exactly cool. Stay here. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. J.D., our brother J.D. from College Park joins us. Hey, J.D. Good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. How are you this morning, sir? I'm fabulous, man. What's up? Well, I wanted to let you know you're not the only one. My tomatoes are the raccoons. I left the gate <laughs> open one night, and the raccoons got out there and just had a party. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of them. Uh, I mean, they they were green, I guess about uh, two inches in diameter, and they just ate them all up. Now the second growth is coming, you know, and I hope maybe I can have a few this time. I won't... Uh, I'll try to remember not to, you know, leave the gate open. This yeah. Time. Uh, but my but the main reason I'm calling is because of my uh, jalapeno peppers. And by the way, the raccoons, they never touch the uh, <laughs> jalapeno peppers. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, the uh, plants never got any higher than about six or seven inches. And I noticed from the early, uh, uh, on start, the leaves were sort of a yellowish, like they never mm. would turn dark green. Mm. And uh, they have small peppers on them, but they just—they're not growing. What's doesn't it sound like? That? It sounds like they're not getting fed, or they're not absorbing nutrients, or something, doesn't it, JD? Hmm. Hmm. When did you fertilize them last time? Well, yeah, I did. I fertilized them. You know, the same time I did the uh, the uh, tomatoes, and tomatoes—they grew just yeah. quite well, but the peppers just never did grow. And like I said, from the own start. The uh, leaves are kind of yellowish, like, and I don't know what caused that. J.D., if the leaves are yellow, that to me says lack of nutrients. And it could be either the nutrients weren't applied, which doesn't quite sound the situation because you said you fertilized. Or it could be that the root system hadn't spread out quite enough to absorb the nutrients that you put down. So for me, you know what I would do? I would get a little stick, a little stick, and poke it down in the ground beside each pepper plant about three inches away from the stem and get some of the slow-release fertilizer like melorganite or holytone or something like that and pour it in there because the roots can spread out into that and eat it. And I bet you within a couple of three weeks, those leaves will turn green again. That's exactly what I would do. Give it a little bit of extra food that won't burn the roots right beside it. And I think those peppers will be a lot better in three weeks. It's 628, everybody. We'll be back after news.
Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.35 on a Saturday morning, 77 degrees outside. I hate saying that. You know, I really, really like it in the fall when it's about, oh, 50, 55, something like that right now. It goes up to the high during the day. It's going to be the mid-70s. I think, boy, it's going to be really nice to be outside today. Right now it's 77 degrees, probably about 110% humidity outside. And we know it's not going to get any colder today. No, it's not. But if you're staying inside and you want to know what to do in your garden, if you want to know if you want to know how to be more successful by avoiding jobs in your garden, 404-872-0750. Linda's out in Tucker, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Linda, good morning. Hi, Walter. Hi. Look, I have a problem. In my backyard, I have septic tank lines. Yeah. So I can't plant anything. Uh, I need sh- I need screening, and, and I can't plant anything that would be too wide to grow into the septic line. Mm-hmm. And how tall do you want the screen to be? Oh, gosh, honey, as tall as I can get them. The people behind me cut everything in their backyard down. Now, my backyard is exposed to Lawrenceville Highway, so I don't like that too good. Would it be okay if they were like 8 to 10 feet tall? Yeah, anything I can get. <laughs> you know, the emerald green arborvitae do exactly that. Okay. Yeah, I, my friend Bruce Holiday says, I don't know if 8 to 10 is a small. They get sometimes 10 or 15, but oh, it's that's not, not going to be in your lifetime. <laughs> right, true, yeah. I, I grant that Bruce is right because I went and saw some next to my um, dentist's office, and I thought, hmm, they are a little bit bigger than I thought they were. But most of the emerald green green arborvitae that I see in landscapes are planted at about five feet tall, and they get reasonably slowly, medium rapidly, up to about eight feet tall. They stick around there for about six or eight years, and they gradually grow up to about 10 to 15. So green, uh, emerald green arborvitae is one. That's one solution. Another solution. There are more than one holly I'm going down my list and thinking which of the hollies would not be too terribly big for you. Dwarf Burford holly, if you had enough room for it to spread out, it's more of a rounded form than it is a columnar form like uh, Arborvitae is. But it's a possibility if you don't mind pruning every once in a while to do Dwarf Burford holly. Very, very hardy, certainly. Never going to die on you like a Leland would. Right. Uh, If you want some more suggestions, and I've got a bunch of tall, medium, and short screening suggestions on my website. Just look, just type in plant lists on the screen, on the uh, search bar, and it'll give you a whole section of screening, plants for screening, and why you should do this way, why you should do the other way. Yeah, I mean, one of the main things is I can't have uh, the roots grow, yeah. you know, into yeah. the septic line. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, the arborvitae tends not to have a real invasive root system. Oh, great. I don't think okay. Burford Holly particularly does either. Dwarf Burford, anyway, doesn't have a particularly well, invasive Well, that sounds great. Root system. Well, anyway, I love more, your show. I don't more, know what we do in Atlanta without you, darling. Oh, you do well. You can't ever die. You've you, you, got to you, always be there. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know, I like the thought there, Linda. <laughs> I'm sure the laws of physics and old age will catch up with me someday. Oh, you may live to be 150. I'm 69, oh, so Lord help us. you got to keep going. <laughs> 160. Oh, my God. <laughs> me in my little wheelchair. Uh, Linda, thank you so much. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you so much for calling. Keep them okay. keep straight in Tucker, Georgia. Thanks a lot. Ginger, Ginger's up in Buford and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ginger, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I would like to know how to kill centipede grass that is invading my lawn from a neighbor. Ay, 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 ay. And what kind of grass do you have? Zoysia. You know, the truth of the matter is it's probably not a selective weed killer that could be sprayed, centipede be gone, or something like that, that you could spray on your zoysia. I think your only choice is to make the zoysia grow so thickly that it chokes out the centipede. I mean, zoysia will choke out Bermuda grass, and if it'll choke out Bermuda grass... It is thick, but it does not choke it out. Mm, How high are you mowing? Uh, Probably about an inch and a half. Try a little bit higher than that. Go up to two. You think it should be higher at two inches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And particularly, you know, this time of year, height on a lawn helps a little bit during drought anyway. And the zoysia, do you remember which kind, whether you have Meyer or Emerald or Xeon or what kind of zoysia you have? I don't know. Oh, mine is um, Meyer's, I believe. Okay. So the blade, usually for Meyer, is about an eighth to a quarter of an inch wide. Emerald is about an eighth to a sixteenth. So emerald is much more thin, thinly bladed. Uh, But nonetheless, I still think jumping it up another notch on the mower might help a little bit. And do, you know, fertilize regularly. How often do you fertilize the zoysia? Uh, Twice a year. That's, That's the right answer. Over in the area where the centipede is growing, I know it seems dumb to fertilize an area where there's a weed that you don't want to be in there, which is the centipede right now. Fertilize it a little bit more. Give it another shake, maybe, and water it in pretty good. Um, because I want that zoysia to be really thick and healthy and happy and just go over the go over the centipede like a lawnmower. And well, so, actually, it was. I, I, and then the centipede started growing, and it is just taking over everything. There, there's something something inhibiting zoysia grass. Zoysia is tougher than centipede. And if you culture the zoysia, it'll be your best herbicide. This is not anything I can, You could spray, heck, you spray Roundup on it and kill everything if you wanted to, but that's going to be a miserable-looking part of the lawn if you do that. Yeah, I know that's the only thing that will kill it because I do have some that is just totally centipede, and I did spray it, and that's how I found out the 409 would work. Yeah, the only other choice, only other choice that I have would be to very gently, you know, paint Roundup onto the centipede runners, and that's going to be a miserable thing, and you don't want to do it in the heat. But if you had a foam paintbrush and spray a little Roundup on that, and then paint the centipede runners and see if that helps you a little bit. But again, I think better, healthier zoysia grass is the key here, not not uh, trying to get any chemical to spray. Thanks for calling, Ginger. we got to get out of here and go to Rachel. And Rachel's up in Monroe and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rachel. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. My question is, is that I have raised gardens for years. However, this year, my zucchini squash, my cantaloupe, my pumpkins continue to bear beautiful male blooms, but there are no female, and therefore I have no fruits. Hmm. When did the blooming start? How long has it been? Oh, it's been a good month. Wow. Usually male blooms do certainly appear 
earlier than female blooms, usually Correct. a couple of weeks, yeah. and you see them, and you know, beginner gardeners look at it and think, oh my God, my, my <clears throat> blooms are all falling off, I'm not getting any squash, and the experienced yeah. ones like you say, oh, these are the male blooms, they appear first, and the females will follow. And other than it being a little longer than normal ginger, I can't, I mean, Rachel, excuse me, I can't give you an explanation of why the male blooms would be there other than to say cucumbers, melons, cantaloupe, zucchini, and every other squash in the world wants to have more of itself. They're not shy about expressing their sexuality, if you will. And so why the male flowers have continued and no females coming, I don't know. But hormonally, if you haven't done anything like chop off leaves or some strange thing that change the hormones in in the vine, the female flowers will eventually appear. Got to. Mm. Well, hmm. I, I, you know, at first I thought, just be patient. You know, it, this this too shall, shall pass. And I, I mean, if I had a restaurant who needed all of these beautiful blooms, uh, I would have a good crop. But give me a call. Give me a call in two weeks. And let's okay. see if it continues. I'll be real oh. surprised if six weeks goes on without any female flowers. Okay, well, the cucumber must be of the, the same type of family because other years I've had sure. prolific. And yeah. this year, maybe four or five little brown cucumbers the size of a golf ball. And you, you're not over-fertilizing or doing anything that would cause it to just grow out of any inclination to to. to Put female flowers. I mean, you haven't over fertilized. I guess is my question. No, right? no, huh. mm-hmm. no. I have not. Two weeks. My prescription. Oh, okay. Two weeks. The doctor that. says, take an aspirin and call me back in two weeks. Well, that's a deal. I will do that. All right, Rachel. Thanks, and you have a good day. You Bye. too. We'll see you soon. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty is the number on lawn and garden. I had somebody off the air that said, "Okay, why?" Why is it so important to plant Leland's? You heard my rant earlier this morning at the first of the show about Leland cypresses and heat and drought and why they only last for 10 to 40 years, perhaps, as they have a limited lifespan. I'll tell you why. It's because Leland cypresses, I mentioned, remember, that they're, they originate in Wales, and just the parentage, this is a hybrid. Leland cypresses are hybrid plants that came from Alaska cypress and Nootka cypress, two different plants that hybridized accidentally at a guy's uh, arboretum in Wales. And the hybrid of the two turns out to have very thin bark. The two parent plants have relatively thick bark, but the hybrid has thin bark. And thin bark dries out real quickly. And that is what is the Achilles heel of... Leland cypress is when they get dry. When the summertime happens and the root system is not real wide, then the roots can't absorb moisture. And when they can't absorb moisture, what's the first thing to show the damage? It's not the needles. No, it's not the needles. They don't droop. It's the bark. It begins cracking little tiny uh, quarter-inch cracks back towards the center of the Leland cypress. And when it cracks open, all it takes is one sick Leland somewhere in the 100 yards around for one of those fungal spores to get in from the sick, sick Leland cypress to get into the healthy Leland cypress that has cracks along the bark. And now, now we got a problem. Now we have Botrysferia canker or Ceridium canker or uh, Cercospora leaf spot or one of the other fungal things that are exacerbated by drought. Why drought? Because drought causes the bark to crack. 
So that's why when you plant a Leland cypress, dig that nice wide hole. The uh, oh hey, I got another reason why the nice wide hole is important. It's because Leland's tend to grow a higher above ground structure than they do a root structure. In other words, they don't anchor themselves very good. It's part of being a, a hybrid. And so the hole that you plant the Leland in or the area you plant the Leland in needs to have a nice wide root system simply for anchoring. Simply for anchoring. It should be never ever planted closer than 10 feet and hopefully about 15 feet from a house. And you have seen this and I have seen this all over the place. Folks who plant Leland's three feet from their house and think, oh, I'll keep these pruned. This will be no problem. I'll keep them pruned. Crazy talk because they eventually are not going to have a great anchoring root system right there close to the foundation, and they just flop outward from the foundation of the house. So you've got to have a good root system and one that can absorb lots of moisture to keep Leland's happy and keep them living for the hopeful expected 40 to 50 years. Got that? All right, no more talking about Leland Cypresses. It's 648, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. One of my... Favorite performers. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. But one of my favorite performers is Daryl Rhodes in the Haha ha Vishnu Orchestra. <laughs> one of the songs that they sing is called This Song is Boring. The song is boring. The song is boring. Well, the weather report, this weather report is boring. This weather report is boring because every Saturday, over and over and over again, we have mid-90s this afternoon. It's going to be mid-90s, slim chance of rain overnight in the mid-70s. And still slim chance of rain. It's going to be hot. Get over it. Get used to it. It's going to be that way. 404-872-0750 is my number in your full weekend forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes, Daryl Rhodes and the Haha Vishnu Orchestra. Don is up in Murrayville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Don, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Fabulous. What you got? I have a reoccurring problem. I have hornets that seem to like an area in my front yard. For several years, I've battled them and succeeded, but this year they're in a Japanese maple that I can't use an insecticide. Uh, because it'll do damage to my tree, and I'm, I'm afraid I'll just have to live with it until cooler weather. But is there something I can do to 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 make my yard unattractive to hornets <laughs> in the future? Did you hear my rant? You know, I do rants on some Saturday mornings. I had a rant last Saturday morning where I talked about how important hornets and yellow jackets and wasps are for the environment, and how you ought not to kill hornets and yellow jackets. You didn't hear that, did you? And so, I'm, I'm thinking, Don, nature loves you. <laughs> hornets love you. Hornets are there for a reason because hornets are a big part of the caterpillar and aphid and bad bug control in the landscape. The only problem is I recognize this. I recognize this, that if it's a place that you're walking by all the time or you've got a lawnmower, you're going by the hornet nest, they're going to... Try to control you too. <laughs> Come chase you across the lawn. Yeah. So, if this is in a place, Don, that you can leave them alone, for goodness sakes, leave them alone. Hornets really, really do a terrific job. Fall webworms have a—they don't have a chance 
don't have a chance against hornets if you just pull the web off and all the hornets in the neighborhood come and eat them up, eat those caterpillars up. You would have, if you try to grow tomatoes, you would have more hornworms than you could stick a, stick a fork in. You would have all sorts of caterpillars in your garden and in your landscape if it were not for hornets, yellow jackets, and wasps. Even though I recognize they can be bad neighbors <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sure. So keep that in mind. If you can leave them alone, leave them alone. If you can't leave them alone, then, brother Don, I don't have a great answer for you, other than find a beekeeper who has one of the bee suits to say, "Will you come in and remove it for me?" Okay. Well, we'll 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 stay away from it definitely. Yeah, stay away from it. And then you know, of course, I think that it's an annual nest. In other words, when cold weather comes, you have a killing frost. It'll kill everything in the nest, and you can take it down if you want to and take it to the elementary school, let the kids look at it. You can open it up and see what's inside after the killing frost. That's fine. All right. Thank you, sir. We enjoy your show. Drive safely, Don. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 is the number. We don't have time to do it before the news break, but Rachel will be with us in a minute to talk about her golden Golden raspberries. That'd be pretty awesome. Daniel at Hartwell has uh, blueberry bushes that are a little bit too tall. Wants to know when to uh, prune them back. Pat will be with us as well. Homer wants to know about how to get rid of Bradford pear stump. Uh, if you want me to rant again, I'll rant about Bradford pears. Going going back to the to the hornets and the yellow jackets, there's an awesome, awesome, awesome picture on my website that a guy just sent in this past week of a buddy of his that took that had to remove an air conditioning unit behind the house, and underneath the platform that it had the AC on, there was a perfectly preserved yellow jacket nest, about the size of two big fists together, and I got pictures of that on my website. So look on my website, just type in the word yellow jacket, it's right there. Pretty, pretty, pretty picture of what a yellow jacket nest looks like underground, totally undisturbed. Real neat. It's 6.57 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden, and we'll be back after news.